Welcome to Ready Conspiracy One. I'm your host, Cody. Alongside me, as always, Mr. Heath, my co-host. We'd like to take a second and thank you all for tuning in and ask if you would just give us a little rating and maybe, just maybe, a little review. Now, this helps us out tremendously when we get feedback from you guys and helps us continue to improve the podcast. If you don't want to do that, you can feel free to shoot us an email at readyconspiracy1 at yahoo.com. And if you don't want to do either of those things, then that's fine too. We just hope you enjoy the show. Having said that, well, let's get on with it. Ready. Moved beyond our amateur ways. Been heard in Sweden. That's true. And New Zealand. New Zealand. I better stop. New Zealand. Fantastic. Which is, it's impressive. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we've got Canada on the books now. Ah, I could care less. <gasps> Sorry, How Canada. How dare you? Sorry, Canada. Cross the border. Let's Y'all talk. I freaking love Canadians. I had. Let's talk about it. I went to college with a couple of Canadian guys. And they were wild. Cooper and Rich Corrente were the two guys. And they were some wild dudes. They were a lot of fun. Okay. I like Canadians, okay? That's cool, man. Give me some New Zealand. Yeah, well. New Zealanders. But with the new setup, so we got a new desk you can actually, like, scoot, up, scoot yourself up to and now. I'm still turning sideways. Yeah, well, I think it's just a habit thing now. It is now. Just makes you comfortable. But we have a new desk. We got a completely new setup, and I can't hide when I hit record. So I'm a professional. I don't know why you're <laughs> such struggling at that, but I'm a professional. I'm good. It is what it is. However, welcome to the show, guys. I'm Cody. This is Heath. Excuse our awkwardness. We don't yeah. have headphones on today. We don't. So now Somebody it's just weird. Left their headphones at home. Oh, that was you, because there they are. But I live here. Well, you left them at home. So what are you trying to say? Okay. There it is. Yep. We're, 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 we're playing this game today. Yes, we are. We're also talking about... What are we talking about? Hugs. And love. The moon landing. Yes! We're talking about the moon landing. Conspiracy. How hard was it to find information on this? It's impossible. It's ridiculous. From a conspiracy th- standpoint, it's like, nope, it happened. Which, I want to argue that it did happen. Well, I, I, I agree. But it's fun to, to pick at it, it and break it down, for sure. It's it's easy to look at it one way, and it's it can be easy to believe that we didn't, but it's also easy to see the other side of it. And Sorry, I wanted to choke and die right there, but I'm good. I'm good. I was about to just cough it out, but I'm good. But when we were looking up information, trying to just find just the theories, you know, the conspiracy theories and information on the theories themselves, it was next to impossible. And impossible. I remember, you know, it hasn't been that many years ago, Netflix and YouTube especially, you could find conspiracy theories left and right on the moon landing, and you can't find anything now. No, they're tightening it up for sure. They're, they're starting to say, lock it up. There's right. some guidelines now. And pardon my heavy breathing this week, I've been congested, so... You might hear me sniffling and stuff. Said that with a purpose. No, it's me. It's me this week. It's always you. It is what it is. So, the moon landing. Right. uh, I had to dive, like, pretty deep to find information on it. I had to, like, pull from multiple sources and multiple articles and things to try to find just information on it. I keep burping. It's okay. (laughs) Natural. Um. But it was hard to find information on it, and I had to, like I said, I just had to piece things together in order to build the conspiracies back from what I remembered them being. And I even went as far as to watch, and I I, I highly recommend it if you're interested in conspiracy theories and things, because we're going to talk about Stanley Kubrick, and I watched a documentary called Room 237, and it talks about not only the possibility of the moon landing conspiracy being tied in with the movie, but also a bunch of other possible tie-ins that could be part of it. And different experts talk about how this points to this and that points to that. It's really interesting. How long was it? I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to watch it though. I want to say it's 
like an hour and a half to two hour runtime. Like it's pretty long. That's not bad at all. No, it's not too bad. I mean, for what it is, it's it's pretty long. But they do they'd have there's like wow. They did they have it's like that was an interesting wonder what it's like segment of words. (laughs) Did they? Or did they have it? But it 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 had um, several different theories inside of it, which I found more interesting than anything. Because there were some of them that I hadn't even heard of that people had that the movie pointed to. It was a reference to many different things. And it was pretty interesting. But we're talking specifically about the moon landing. And we'll start off with a little bit of the history of it. So the first moon landing happened in July 20th of 1969 with the Apollo 11. It's estimated that nearly 530 million television viewers watched as Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin took their first steps and said the iconic words, that's one stall, one stall. (laughs) We are off to a banging start. I can't talk. One small step for man. There it is. One giant leap for mankind. We did it. We got there. It took us a minute, but we did get there. But after this was said... All three men, including Michael Collins, returned home and landed safely in the Pacific Ocean. Now, I feel like Michael Collins, the poor guy, gets forgotten about. Never even heard of him. <laughs> right? I feel like he gets forgotten about a lot in the story. And what a landing zone, by the way. The, like the ocean. The Pacific right. Ocean. Like It's a very Pacific place to land. Specific. <laughs> Some people say Pacific. I'm not one. I say, I say Specific. I don't know what you say today. <laughs> I, I don't really know what I say any day. So, All right. But Collins is actually the one that stayed back in the command module, and he actually missed uh, Armstrong's iconic words because he, was lo- he, was, uh, he had lost communication completely for about 47 minutes as the module moved behind the moon. And he later wrote when he was recounting his experience, I'm alone now, truly alone. I'm absolutely isolated from any known life, I admit. That's got to be just... How terrifying would that be? I- iconic, really. Like, to know... That's goals. Like, to know, like... They selling a house nothing. up there? Because I'd buy it. I would, too. But how how eerie would that be, though, to know that you have no contact with anybody whatsoever? Yeah. I mean, that, like that'd be it. up there, for sure. But there's tribals and things like that all over the planet that probably feel the same right but i mean but to, i guess that's know, utterly like you go any direction you're not going to hit anybody other than maybe an alien martians <laughs> and the the funny thing about michael collins too is like after all of this he didn't just fade off into obscurity like he got into politics and you know he did decently well hmm. so he gets forgotten about a lot with the story but imagine going to the moon and then be like nope, nobody knows didn't happen <laughs> yeah who are you again? I went to the moon. No, you aren't. You're not Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> well, this was a monumental day in history as Neil and Buzz became the first humans to ever step foot on the moon, and the Apollo 11 mission happened just eight years after President John F. Kennedy announced the national goal of landing on the moon by the end of the 60s. This feat was also, also accomplished just 11 years after NASA was founded, which will come into play with some of the conspiracies that we're going to discuss a little bit later. Mm. But all of this was also happening in the midst of the Cold War with the Soviet Union, who had managed to launch the first artificial satellite, Sputnik, on October 4th, 1957. It's one of my favorite names. Sputnik? Sputnik. Then they name a dog Sputnik and send him to space? I have no idea. I pulled that out on my butt. (laughs) That might be a total lie. I just thought that that was a thing. Now, with the space race in full swing... And the Cold War chugging along, as well as the civil rights movement in full swing and the assassination of JFK just eight months prior, the United States defied all odds and the monumental Apollo 11 mission put a man on the moon. So if there's any time to make such a monumental, you know, move. Right. This time would be now. Like, just, just well, let's I mean, do something amazing. The, well, the amazing part about it is there's all of this going on. There's so much going on in this little period of time. Small period. And we still managed to get it done. Or did we? Or did we? That's right, the fun that's part the that we're doing here is like, what if we didn't? Right. What if it was all a phase? Now, with such an unimaginable task being accomplished, it's understandable that there would be doubts. And a man named Bill Casing 
was at the forefront of those doubts. Casing was a former U.S. Navy officer with a bachelor's in English and the man responsible for the ignition of the conspiracy engine surrounding the moon landing. Now, we're going to get into a little bit more background and casing here a little bit. He's a pretty interesting dude, and he did quite a bit. I mean, he started off in the Navy. I mean, it's a first right. big step I mean, for he's, any human. He's got military background, so there's a little bit of the validity to what he's saying, just based off of his background and things that he's involved in that we're going to talk about here, and it's kind of crazy. But a little bit more background on him. He became the senior technical writer at Rocketdyne, in 1956 and worked at the propulsion field laboratory until 1963. Even though he had no prior knowledge of rockets or technical writing. And Rocketdyne is actually the company that built the F1 engines on the Saturn V rockets. That's an interesting resume to got him a job. <laughs> right. Like, uh, any experience? No experience? Zero. You're hired. Yeah, Great. it's kind of like right now. Yeah. Can you count to 10? No. Oh, well. That's cool, man. Come on in. <laughs> you got a pulse. But Casing wrote a book in 1976 called We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 billion Swindle. And in the book, Casing alleged that a successful crude landing had a 0.0017% chance of success and that it would be easier to fake the moon landing than actually go to the moon. That is exactly what I would do. Now, the claims ramped up and really gained traction in the 70s claiming that the moon landing had all been a hoax constructed by the government and staged in order to win the space race, which would make sense. You know, we've got the Cold War going on. There's all this stuff going on inside the country. We need a win. It's a power move. Right. Sure. We need a win to keep the ball rolling forward, keep that, everything moving. In that time, if you look through history, it's a ginormous power move. Right. And this brings us to probably the most popular theory that's involved with this, and that's that the moon landing was filmed. And more specifically, that Stanley Kubrick, the acclaimed filmmaker who did The Shining, he did 2001 A Space Odyssey, like the list goes on, the man made some amazing The Shining, movies. that's right. good, that's, that's pretty good. Now, the theory is that he was the one who actually filmed the moon landing. Now, the most infamous claim in the Kubrick filming of the moon landing comes from an alleged interview where Kubrick reportedly says that he helped NASA in faking the moon landings. Now, this came about in December of 2015 when the website YourNewsWire.com published a video that supposedly showed Kubrick confessing in an interview with filmmaker T. Patrick Murray. The interview reportedly happened just three days before Kubrick's death in March of 1999, and Murray was forced to sign an 88-page NDA to keep the contents of the interview secret for 15 years. 88 pages. 88 page NDA. Now, not only is that kind of wild to think about that there would be an 88 page NDA. Just to say, don't tell what he told you. For 15 years. Why is it specifically 15 years? That is weird. And if it's a documentary, why is there an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement? Anyway, like you know you're shooting a documentary that's about this and you're confessing right. to this. Right. So why the NDA? <laughs> it's a little weird. That's, that's the whole different. the whole setup of it is a little weird. But anyway, the NDA was 88 pages and it was uh, had to be kept secret. The contents of the interview had to be kept secret for 15 years. Did he die of old age? I meant to ask you. Oh, you know, it was a heart attack. He died of a heart attack. Heart attack. That's what it was. Those can be induced. But interesting. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind that. No, no not old age. Heart could, attack could have been. He could have gotten suicided, but it's hard to say because he did die of a heart attack. Heart attack. So, uh, in the interview, Kubrick says, and this is quoted from the, from the interview itself, I perpetrated a huge fraud on the American public. The moon landings were faked. The moon landings all were faked. And I was the person who filmed it. And this is in 99 when he, just before he had died. Right. Three days before he died. So I'm trying to like process, was he saying this before some major event? Was he saying this for some major crowd? I guess he just, maybe he was just... This, this felt was, bad. I don't know. It was in that interview with T. Patrick Murray, right? You know, and I don't know if it was just one of those things that would just weighed on him. It, yeah, sure. And he may have known that he was in bad health and just wanted to kind of get it out. Yeah, or something. You know, it could have been something like that. that. But since August of 2015, this video has been making its rounds on the internet, and it's just one of several clips showing Kubrick talking about his alleged involvement. But all of the clips that people see come from the T. Patrick Murray film called Shooting Kubrick. 
Mm, okay. Uh, it is, however, believed and reported that the interview is fake. So people have been attempting to debunk it, and some people say they have debunked it. And they say that they used an actor and supposedly in a since-deleted clip, obviously. Uh, of course. The interviewer calls the subject Tom. And Kubrick's widow also proclaimed that the interview is a lie and that Kubrick was never interviewed by Murray. Now, that is something that there could be, if it was real, there could be pressure being put on her to sure. you know, disprove it or money, try to get it cast money. aside, money, anything. But uh, this, however, hasn't stopped people from believing that he had involvement in the shooting of the moon landing. So, despite all of that, people still believe that he had involvement. He admitted to, you know, being right. there, recording it and setting it up. Sure. Now, the things that people point to in the Kubrick theory are the unnatural lighting on the moon's surface and that it resembles studio stage lighting. Yeah, I've now, seen that a lot. Right. Now, experts have said that this is simply due to the reflective surface of the moon, amongst other things. I'm That's that's past my knowledge. I mean, right. you would be a genius to tell me otherwise. And that, that's the thing. It's like you get these things and there might be a huge write-up on why it appears this way, and then the expert debunk, it's like two sentences. I would argue you'd have to be on the moon to be able to even process that out. Anyone could sit there and say, well, that's because of X, Y, and Z. You don't know that. You were not on the moon. Right. And that's the thing. is like, you know, these these so-called experts that are debunking this stuff, have they been there? Exactly. How, How do they know? I mean, you can go off all the mathematics and all the science that you want, like physics and things. It's nothing, like inanimate objects and you're creating right. a, a law to it, basically. But nothing makes up for actual hands-on yeah. accounts. So I would take their word a little better if, you know, they were with Buzz right. and Neil right. and the other guy. You know, I, I would too. Now, another portion of this that gets brought up is that some believe that it was simply shot in slow motion and point to the frame rate of the footage. And how, you know, I think it was uh, how low the frame rate was or something. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they basically believe that it was shot in slow motion and gave them the, you know, the look of bouncing and things like that all actually on the surface. Seems like a technology a little bit before it's Well, time. and that's, that's the big thing. Now, a lot of people believe that, but it's supposedly impossible due to the fact that at the time they could only record 30 seconds for a 90 second playback. And they would need 47 minutes of live action for the 143 minutes of slow motion mm. that would have been live broadcasted. Hmm. But we do know that the military and the U.S. government, they do have advanced technology. Oh, yeah, for that sure. They hold. Also you know, have very bad technology. Right. And they hold this away from the public eye until they either develop something further or they develop it to a point that it's safe to release to the human, you know, to release to. Sure. You know, humanity, yeah, to right. see if they can handle it or not. So, I mean, they may have had the ability to do this back then. Maybe. You know, it's, it is a possibility. Maybe. They say that they didn't have the technology available, but we know for a fact that. Somebody shooting it with their original iPhone, like, okay, <laughs> slow down. 1969 with an iPhone. Hey, what's that block you're holding? Nah, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. We ain't going to talk about it. Time traveling. Now, another one is the flag waving once placed on the moon. Which would be impossible in the vacuum of space. No wind. Right. It shouldn't wave. So apparently they had made a flag that, that was already prepared for no, like a stiff flag, I guess. They might have yeah. left in their son's room for a couple of nights. <laughs> Not sure <laughs> well, there, what they There's were the theory doing that there. they had a flag made that was looked made to look like it was waving. And then there's another theory that disputes it saying that they had a telescoping device that they were going to use to plant the flag and then use that telescope to pull it out. Right. And make it the height that they needed it to. And it supposedly malfunctioned and simply gave it the appearance of a waving flag. But then again, it would still fall. Right. Well, I mean a flag, it's a flag. It was the way this thing was designed is the flag was kind of rolled up in it. And when they undid the telescoping mechanism, when it would pull out, it had a bar that went through the top of the flag and a bar that went through the bottom of the flag. Okay. And because it didn't fully extend, that there bottom bar okay. didn't fully extend, and it made it look like it That's was a better, you know, example of what that is. Okay, I understand now. But that's that's one of the 
disputes. The disputes, yeah, that. that's a good one. Yeah, which again, it's hard to you know say one way or the other because I haven't ever seen it. Well, I'm not on the moon, right? Another one is that uh, the cameras that were used had transparent plate glass that was fitted with a reticle that was etched on it. So in that footage that you see, there's a little cross in the center of it. Yeah. And with that being etched on, it would make it impossible for images to appear in front of that reticle. Okay. Everything, the reticle would be in front of whatever they were shooting. But there are some images that appear to pass in front of or, but you know, between the reticle and the camera. So one version and the other. Okay. And they believe that, you know, these are photographs and there were things, images pasted to the photograph huh. to, you know, add things in later. Now, this is disputed as emulsion, which emulsion is kind of like, um, trying to figure out a, a way to explain it here. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. It's kind of like is. when you get something that burns into something else and it can appear like it comes over top of it. Okay. like Kind of something like that. Like erosion maybe almost. But it's fossil. Like if, um, so basically if it's so bright, it's almost like it burns the image through the image a little bit okay. and you lose something. Yep. So that's kind of one of the disputes with it. Hmm. Okay. It can cause images on photographic film to appear pasted over an object. Yeah, I got you. But it's also worth mentioning here that in 1980, the Flat Earth Society. There it is. <laughs> accused NASA of filming the landing. I hear them running right now outside your house. They, <laughs> they heard you. They're, They're coming, coming for us now. They're coming. But they accused NASA of filming the landings, and they alleged that the landings were staged by Hollywood, sponsored by Disney, and based off of a script by Arthur C. Clarke and directed by Kubrick. Man. They went all in. They'll do it all. When they did it. They They'll went it all. all in for it. And the Pope was there too. <laughs> but some also point to 2001 A Space Odyssey, a, a Kubrick film, as being an R&D project for the filming of the lunar landing. See, I haven't watched that. Well, 2001 A Space Odyssey. I remember the title and I remember hearing that, but right. I never watched it. Well, it came out before the moon landing. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm double checking here. But it came out. But the movie came out in two thousand one. No, two thousand one. A Space Odyssey came out in like nineteen fifty something, maybe. Uh, See, no, two thousand one. A Space Odyssey came out in nineteen sixty eight. Sixty eight. It came out a year before the moon landing. So people point to it as being a research and development project. So when they went to film the moon landing, what well, not timing? Right. It's kind of weird. But supposedly it came out and they were testing things to see what was going to give them the best image and make it most realistic. So when they went to shoot the moon landing, it wouldn't look faked. I could but see that. That's the belief. I could, I, could, that. I could see that, but then I'm agreeing with a flat earther and I just I don't want to do that. <laughs> and the other big thing is that um, Kubrick supposedly felt so much shame for what he had done with this that he hid clues in the movie The Shining. Because the movie and the book... There's a lot of differences, and he took a lot of, um, I guess, creative freedom <laughs> with the movie. Like he changed, he changed sure. a lot of things. Like um, in the book, the room that the things happen in is yeah. completely different than the room that everything happens in in the movie. In the movie, it happens in room two thirteen, and uh, or is it two thirteen? Is that right? Uh, dude, this is your forte, buddy. I was hoping you would just be able to hit that with no struggle, all stride. Two thirteen sounds right. Maybe it was two thirty seven. Two thirty seven is the movie that documentary. Right, that's what it is. Okay. Well, I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Uh, you're Maybe. doing better than I am. Anyway, I only seen that movie one time when I was young. Well, everything in the movie happens in room two thirty seven. Supposedly, this is a reference to the distance from the Earth to the Moon. It's 237,000 miles mm. on a dot. There it is. So when the child goes into the room, 237, that's supposed to be like the studio room that they f that they filmed it in. And that's where all the, you know, all the things happen in the film. So supposedly that's the correlation there. And then the carpet, because Kubrick was very meticulous about the things in his movies down to the things in the background. Yeah, I remember hearing that. And the carpet was... The uh, design on the carpet very closely resembled to the launch pads used hmm. for the rockets. And in one scene where Danny is on the floor, he's on a launch pad. He has on an Apollo rocket sweatshirt. 
and he stands up. No, yeah. I'm like talking about. rocket launching. Yep. And there's a bunch of different things like that that people point to. And so what's him that, shoving his face through the door? What does that resemble in the uh, I don't remember landing. them talking. I think that's more to the book. Okay. Uh, just <laughs> be there's, interesting. There's, uh, there's some scenes where um, cans of Tang are in the background. And, of huh. course, Tang was the drink of astronauts, you know. And there's scenes where there's just a buttload of Tang in the background. And that's tang, what's what's Tang? Tang is like, um, it's a powder that you pour in water. Kind of like... Um, is it pink? No, it's orange. Orange. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Tang. Yeah. I was thinking of Tab. Tab? Remember like Tab? The soda? Yeah. Yeah, the pink. Okay. Yeah, there I remember Tab. I didn't know if he was getting the, the name wrong. No, it's Tang. Tang. Yeah, I don't think... I, I'd say there's probably not a whole lot of people that remember Tab. That's I mean, fair. our age group probably remembers Tab. But I'd say, like, my brother's age group probably has never even no. heard of Tab. My no. brother's 18, but... No. Just didn't know. Didn't know if you got it right or not. No, it's Tang. Tang it is. <laughs> but there's also, um, kind of moving on from... Well, it's still in the realm here. But there's a, an amateur stargazer that claims... He saw something strange in a photograph that suggests that at least the final landing never happened and says that he saw a figure on the lunar surface not wearing a spacesuit. <laughs> and the picture in question here is... Get out from, of the picture, Carl. <laughs> but the picture here in question is from a 19, the 1972 Apollo 1 landing and the YouTuber StreetCap1 claims uh, to be able to see a stagehand in the reflection of the main astronaut's visor. That took a lot of dissecting. Yeah. I mean, this dude had to be pouring over that for a long period Sherlock of time. Sherlock Holmes out here. That's yeah. perfect. Power to you there. But as speculatory as all of this is, there are a few theories that truly stand out as peculiar and genuinely head-scratching. Like, the Kubrick theory and the film theory raises a lot of questions, and it makes you think about a lot of different things. Sure. But there's some that, after hearing and after looking at, I'm literally sitting there like, how did... How did we manage it? Mm-hmm. You know, after reading this, you know, did we really do it? And the first of which of this is the Van Allen belt. You know what the Van Allen belt is? No. So the Van Allen belt is uh, it's lethal to fly through and would have supposedly killed anyone on aboard the Apollo missions. The Van Allen belt is a zone of energetic char- or energetic charged particles, most of which originate from solar wind that are captured by and held around a planet by the planet's magnetosphere. Earth has two of these, and it was discovered in 1958 by James Van Allen after the launch of Explorer 1, which was the first U.S. satellite. Now, Explorer 4 and Pioneer 3 established that there were two of these belts of radiation that circle the Earth, and in 2012, the Van Allen probes that were launched enhanced our knowledge of the belts and found that they were more complicated than previously thought and some scientists do say that there is a window that could possibly allow for passage without any effect. And some others say that pa- we pass through them so quickly that it wouldn't cause any real harm. But it's a radiation belt that is supposedly impenetrable. Like if we go through it, you're dead due to radiation poisoning. Some scientists say that we go through it so fast that it wouldn't affect you. Some others say that there's a window that we, you know, if we hit this window, we can get through. But well, this is 1969. So not full clarity, but chance right and i mean we did this in the 60s yeah but like going back to our technology thing i mean right well you knew about the van allen belts you know a little over 10 years before the launch of the apollo missions but supposedly we made it just fine no issues that's interesting now i don't know if it's something that you know maybe then there the radiation was less than it is now i don't know I'm sure somebody somewhere knows why and how. Right. But in my mind... Or at mind, least could argue the fact. Right. But in my mind, if we have these two rings, these zones of radiation that are circling the planet that supposedly we can't get through, then how did we do it in the 60s? be interesting to know how, for and sure. we've lost the technology from the 60s to now to do it. And really? I mean, come on. Sorry, where I misplaced my keys. It was beside the Allen. Oh, it's gone. It just it's it's weird to me. It doesn't really make much sense. That's interesting. And this this gets to the data tapes, the original data tapes. Now these were sent to the U.S. archives in 1970, but in 1984, all of the tapes were returned to Goddard Space Flight Center upon request. And in July of 2009, NASA suggested that. 
Uh, they might have uh, erased them to reuse the tapes. Uh, there I were, remember doing that as a kid, for sure. There were 45 of them. Sorry, I recorded over them. <laughs> they were was all that not erased, cool? All erased and all The erased. game was on. <laughs> but, I mean, this is probably the... May may be the most iconic moment in yeah. United States history, and gone. The game. I mean, game was on. I had to record it somewhere. I had to record it somewhere. Do you thought I was going to use my own? No, I'm going to use yours. Clearly, like they. How do you tape over? How do you erase? First off, how do you erase it? How do you erase the most iconic moment in United States history, and then you or or tape over it? How? Somebody got fired. That Have day. you seen a picture of the lunar lander? Yeah. It looks like it's made out of Legos and tinfoil. I don't get it. Or what? What are the? What are the? What was it? Kinetics. That's kinetics. what it looks like. That's what yeah, it looks no, like. Kinetics and tinfoil. The kinetics and tinfoil. That's what it. And that that thing landed on the moon. Sure did. That's what I believe. Yeah, we were we uh, we were we erased the tapes. We we ran out of tapes. It's gone. Thirty billion dollars in funding, but we ran out of tapes. Erased it. Gone. God. Glenn got fired. Get out of here, Glenn. <laughs> You're fired. Why? You raised the tape. So, my bad. Now, the USSR was ahead in the space race, but were never able to land a man on the moon. Much less, or they were never able to land on the moon, sorry. Much less land men on the moon. And they didn't even make a rocket capable of a manned mission until the 1980s. Their space program was running before ours. Right. Yet, we landed somebody... 15, 10 years before, before they, they did, did, or even had a rocket capable of it. Right. So yet another thing that's kind of like, really? Yeah. I mean, there's so much that kind of points to like, come on, dude. Don't, don't be right, be first. Right. There it is. <laughs> now this begs the question as to whether it was just a means to advance beyond the USSR in the Cold War and hoaxed by NASA in order to avoid humiliation and to fulfill Kennedy's goal and continue receiving funding for the government. Again, a power move. Right. But Casing's book does claim that NASA raised about $30 billion to go to the moon and that some of that money actually went to pay people off to keep their silence about the whole thing. I could have $30 billion. Doesn't mean I'm going to the moon. Right. The only problem with this, like if, if you know, the $30 billion and using it to pay people off is it would require the silence of around 400,000 participants that were working on the Apollo project, including the 12 men that walked on the moon, six others that flew with them. That's assuming that they were watching them record it. That's not assumed they could easily be watching the same thing we all else watched, and that was a rocket go to the moon. Right. But you still have the 12 men that supposedly walked on the moon. That's a little easier with $30 billion in 1970s. True. The six others that flew with them. You had a half a dozen others that orbited and hundreds of thousands of people, including scientists, technicians, engineers, etc., that would have to be kept quiet. Well, that I would now I'm just trying to be unbiased. I'm trying right. to argue. No, I get you. So there's a lot of people there, but then you have a lot of people that could also be offered not only money, but you're looking at jobs, empowerment. Yeah. You know, success rate, kids' jobs, kids empowerment, their kids right. well being at least to a good school. My my only thing is with with all the people involved. Now granted, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people that were involved in this, there's a lot of people that weren't ever there. They weren't ever on site. They may have been right. building and stuff, maybe yeah, working on stuff. Sure. So I could see that, that you wouldn't really have to pay them off because they really don't know anyway. All they saw was the video footage. Exactly. But at the same time, with the amount of people that are directly involved and do directly know what's going on, not one person blew the whistle. But you would have to convince the American public Right. At that time. But I don't think who had plenty to worry about because you yeah. again the time that it happened. But you would think in all the years after, other than, you know, Kubrick's alleged whistleblowing on the event, you would think at least one other person or a story about one other person coming forward would have you know, come about. I I mean, throughout history we've we've had so many whistleblowers say this happened at X, Y, and Z, but no one seems to believe it. Like, who knows? We could have figured out the Zodiac Killer. We could have figured out who actually did kill Tupac and Biggie, but no one wants to actually hear it. Right. It's like, mm, no, whatever. Tupac's alive, by the way. 
He's dead. So is Elvis. Elvis is alive too. Yeah, in the I saw same that. Asylum. I saw that. That's pretty wild. Uh, another little theory here that doesn't say that we didn't go to the moon, but it says says that we haven't been back due to what was observed while we were there. And it's pretty interesting. Aliens. Dark side of the moon. Uh, this isn't really the dark side of the moon. This is right there where they were. Sea of tranquility. Right. Now, this is an alleged leak to government documents and photographs that claim that Armstrong saw more than a barren landscape on the moon. And NASA insiders and alleged ham radio transmission intercepts say that Armstrong saw what he saw changed his life and led to the eventual abandonment of manned lunar missions. And that allegedly it was actually recorded during the televised two minutes of radio silence that was said to be experienced. And this was reportedly heard by ham radio listeners that didn't experience the two minutes of silence, two minutes of radio silence, because they were dialed into the same frequency that NASA was using to talk to the astronauts. So they had no interruption. They took two minutes of the TV broadcast and cut the audio, but these ham radio listeners, they heard every bit of it because <laughs> they were tuned directly into that frequency. Yeah. This is just a theory. I don't know how much validity there really is to it, but it's pretty interesting. And this is what it what uh, was said to have been heard. And it starts with Mission Control. What's there? Mission Control po- calling Apollo 11. Apollo 11. Neil Armstrong. These babies are huge, sir. Enormous. Oh, God. You wouldn't believe it. I'm telling you, there are other spacecraft out here. Lined up on the far side of the crater edge. They're on the moon watching us. So that's that's, that's fun. To, yeah, that's I don't know, I want to believe that more than the other one know, that we right? didn't go. I like that one. But that's that's supposedly the two minutes of radio silence. That's what was cut out of the live broadcast, <laughs> supposedly. And we're back. Shut up, Neil. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're not we're not talking about this anymore, man. Just just keep it quiet. Wow. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Now another one is we can't the, just go to the moon. We got to have a theory on what happens at the moon. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's not Vegas. It's definitely coming back. Oh, uh, well, spaceships. Well, another one is that uh, the moon is an artificial satellite, and this is the hollow moon theory. Now, in this theory, astronauts were given a series of ALSEPs or Apollo Lunar Surface Experiment packages to set up seismographs and initiate detonations ranging from shotgun-like charges to mortars with multiple grenades. Which I don't know how you get those to explode in the vacuum of space, but neither here nor there. <laughs> They're up there in space chasing grenades down in the <laughs> spacecraft. Get, get, get back here, stupid Son no gravity. I gotta go get that. Neil, what are you doing? I pulled the pin. I don't know what to do. <laughs> ah, just holding it. Oh, man. <laughs> but... Uh, eventually, NASA intentionally crash-landed the Apollo 12 module, as well as the SIVB rocket, setting off an explosive force equivalent to nearly 12 tons of TNT. What they found was that the moon rings like a bell, reverberating sometimes for hours at a time. And not knowing much about the moon's material composition, NASA and the Apollo astronauts were astounded by what they heard and the results that it entailed. Clearly, the moon's density was significantly less than the Earth's. Now, craters are thought to be the result of meteorite and asteroid impacts, meaning that there should be a certain proportion between their depth and width, right? Right. Now, instead, many wider craters have similar depths to significantly narrower craters, with some even appearing convex. And when astronauts attempted to drill into the craters they were barely able to penetrate the surface, discovering processed metals like brass, mica, and pure titanium. <laughs> so with this theory, the moon is actually a satellite that was created... It's vibranium. ...by someone. It's vibranium. But it was created by someone and put here to monitor us. It's a big satellite. <laughs> right? Good Lord. But that would also play into the dark side of the moon theory where there's bases right. on the dark side of the moon, whether they be extraterrestrial or whatever. So Just, just Glenn, he got mad, he got fired. <laughs> but if it is, if it were to be a large satellite used to monitor us and our galaxy and there are bases on the dark side of the moon, it would make sense. 
know, because we we always see the same side of the moon. We never yeah. see the other side of the moon because it rotates. What's going on us. back there? We gotta know what's going on. I want to know. It's going back know. there. But it's pretty wild to kind of think about that. So to kind of wrap it up a little bit, what do you think? Did we go or didn't we? I think we went to the moon, man. I, you could definitely argue that we didn't go. I just wanted in in my my inner blood owner just want to say yeah we went there just because how important it was at the time mm-hmm. I could see the money that's put into it the effort and people took some pride and some patriotism and wanted to go and get there I could definitely see that I agree on the other hand conspiracies aside you think of just science and just general. 1950s, like, if you told me in 2008 we went, oh, great, yeah, no, cool. You know, technology was booming. I get that. Right. 1950, uh, it's kind of hard to put that and make it, you know, make sense. So of the theories that we kind of went over, if you had to subscribe to one of these theories, would it be that we didn't go and that it was filmed? Or, you know, we'll break it down into three. That we didn't go that it was filmed, that we went and Armstrong saw aliens, and that was the two minutes of radio silence, or the hollow moon theory. Logically, I would go with, obviously, filming. My logic brain's like, ah, it's filming. Uh, The fun side of me definitely wants to go say there's aliens just lined up waiting to just you know, take all our water or whatever, you know, signs reference. When I hear that, though, the whole... You know, these babies are huge. They're, you know, sitting on yeah. their watches. I'm thinking more of like some aliens over there playing cornhole or something and us landing and them going, uh, Frank. I just love that that's the, the, the these babies are huge. <laughs> yeah. And those aliens are like, what the, what's this tiny creature here? I'm sure I've got a little more twang in the way that I said it than Neil Armstrong probably did. That's why I had to say it like that. <laughs> but, babies are huge, man. We're going to come Leroy, how do we get on this moon thing, man? But I I love to think of, you know, some redneck friggin' aliens on the other side of the crater over there drinking some Bud Light and playing cornhole and us landing and them just being like, Frank, (laughs) I don't think they're supposed to be here. There's somebody here. (laughs) What are we supposed to do with these creatures? What are they doing? They just walking around. They put a flag in your yard. Uh, flag. <laughs> Go get that flag, man! I gotta get rid of that thing, man. I just love to envision that in my head. No, but then the the satellite one—that's that's trippy. That's that's interesting. It's weird. Now again, like I don't know how much validity there is to that's, that. That's that's very creative to be like, oh man, they drilled into that, and all they found was brass and glass yeah. and, and diamonds and gold, and it was the Death Star. The Death Star—that's what it is. Now the, the interesting part to it, though, are the asteroid and meteorite impacts. Because they're only so deep. Right. And that was one of the arguments I saw was the fact that there wasn't, you know, a big abrasive impact on the moon. And of course they debunked that. Oh, it's because of X, Y, and Z. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, come on, man. Y'all can't let us have one. Just leave us <laughs> one. Like, oh yeah, that's kind of questionable, but here we are. I think like if I had to subscribe to one of them, it would, again, it would be like you with the filming. Um, but my only personal problem with that, even having seen 2001 A Space Odyssey and the visual spectacle that that was, like it's an yeah. amazing movie, just visually. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. But it's very clear that, and it, it could be a sense of, you know, just the time and what was available as far as, you yeah. know, computer-generated imaging and stuff like yeah. that. But to do, to film it and make it look the way that it looked... I think would honestly be borderline impossible. And people talk about also like the, the black sky. There's no stars, no stars. But when you take a picture with your phone at night, the sky's black, even if the stars are out because the flash and the light that's reflecting off what's closest to but then you. Then it's the light thing that, that gets me. Right. You, you yeah. go outside in the dark and you take a picture with no flash. It's dark, but on the right. moon it's, and that they say that's part of the reflective surface yeah, of the moon. Whatever. And they say that they were there during the day. Again, I can sit here and say, oh, that's because the uh, the <laughs> circumference of the moon is X, Y, and Z. And that's why it's like that. No, I get it. Go up there and tell me the circumference of the moon and tell Walk me it. why. Yeah, Walk tell it. me why it is why it is. Don't tell me down here, well, it's, well, those stars are there because of grayness. 
what? <laughs> like you you don't know that for sure. You can pretend like you do, but that's not right. But the the hollow moon theory does interest me. I have to say it, it is it is pretty interesting. I that's about. that's about as phony as they get, man. I'm just gonna be real honest. No, I'm I'm not saying that I think it's true, but it is an interesting theory. It is very interesting. You know, to think that in, in some sort of extraterrestrial entity crafted this. Now, if you do look at history though, they do talk about in history we're talking ancient history, the time before the moon. It does get brought up yeah. in ancient history. But <laughs> who left this here? <laughs> but whoever did, they're very disappointed. <laughs> so disappointed. We're disappointed ourselves. Imagine this guy built that ginormous satellite. Like, all right, now I'm gonna catch him. And then he's like, <sighs> but in all re- it's just a reality TV camera. They're just watching TV. They're bored. We are a reality Duh. TV they're show. Bored. They got past World War uh, Real World season three and said, "I'm out." I'm right. done. What was that, World War Two? Yeah, I mixed it up there. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> After so long of reality TV, you're like, I'm done. So if that's that's the case, but the, the you know, extraterrestrial Bob Joe down the street's kind of like, well, this is a waste. Yeah. Like, wow, I hate it here. Why are we still watching this shit? Yeah, why are we here right now? Because it's on. <laughs> yeah, it's on. It's a noisemaker for sure. But so, feel bad. I mean, for it is pretty interesting because in ancient history they do t- they you know they do speak about the time before the moon. It's interesting. So it is fun to think that maybe an extraterrestrial entity crafted it and put it there, either to monitor our progress, and maybe even help along our progress as a society and as humanity to you know keep progressing towards the future and better technologies. It is See those parents with kids that. on like leashes. Yeah, we're moving backwards. That's that's how he feels probably. Yeah. If that's the case, he's probably like, "Oh, yeah, I gotta put a leash on these kids." Gosh, <laughs> he's finally he's seeing things that are going on now. He's just throwing their hands up. And they're like, like, "I'm done. We're y'all, going home. y'all are on your own. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out of here." <laughs> there, there are any other kind of things that you want to. You know, throw in with this or any other thoughts or anything like that that you want to throw in? No, it's 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 probably borderline. You know, right there in front of your face. Get it? Get get to it. I mean, that's these are one of those ones that it's fun to talk about. It's interesting. Yeah. You can argue it, but even if you argue, you're already wrong. Quotation at March. You're already wrong. So why argue it? You know, it's fun. They they will right. work. They will work. They're really like. Extremely hard to be like, no, you're wrong. But then you talk about all these other conspiracies, and they're just like <clears throat> looking the other way, drinking their coffee, like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, like we said, it was hard to find information. Yeah. It was really hard. Like, it's not like it was 10 or 15 years ago when there was just an abundance of these conspiracy theories and documentaries and videos and all that. Everything that you find now is just up debunked, up debunked, up debunked. Like, it's yeah. hard to find just information on the theories. You know, not even necessarily that this theory is proven to be true. Like, we're not looking for that. Just to find information on the theories in general is really difficult because a lot of it's been taken off. The biggest takeaway to keep me on my toes about it all would be the fact that how many people want to debunk it and say, well, this is the reason why this is the main thing I keep pointing towards. How do you know that? Well, I mean, how many times in history when people rush to disprove something? Yeah. It ends up true. Oh, but okay, but you can rush to disprove the Berlin Wall wasn't there. Well, no, no, here it is because yeah. you were in Berlin. But you can't disprove. Well, the moon has a reflective surface. You don't know that. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what makes it such a fun theory, and what makes it so frustrating is the fact that people do rush to disprove it right. and try to debunk everything, but really, there's no hardcore evidence. Other than the quote-unquote moon rocks and things that are brought back, right. there's really no hardcore evidence that says, yes, it happened, yes. but there's also no hardcore evidence that says, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Yeah. And that's that's what makes it so much fun to kind of talk about and theorize and what makes it so frustrating when you're just trying to look for information in either direction and everything points to one direction is what makes it so frustrating. I enjoy that we keep using fun instead of crazy. <laughs> right here, conspiracy like, oh, even them guys are crazy. I'm like, nah, man, it's fun. Yeah, it is. It's fun. That, it's that's, a joy. That's that's the beauty of it is, it can be viewed as crazy. Yeah, and you know, a little bit psychopathic, but that's, for that's, most people, you know, especially bit. like us, it's just fun. Yeah, it's fun to look at. Look at. It's fun to think about. 
outside the box. And, you know, it's, it's more, it's like a brain exercise, really. Yeah. You know, to think outside the box instead of like, and this is what I was told, so this, this is, is what I believe. This is it, yeah. You know, to get outside of that, it's great to kind of have Use your own mind. And that's what yeah. I love about it. So yeah. that's why I look at it as more fun. Oh, yeah. And crazy. Even though I do feel a little crazy sometimes. And I worry about people seeing my search history. The fact, if the fact that you said it in, the, in like that version and that, in fact, I'm crazy sometimes. Like, why did you have to say it like that? I don't know. It's just how it came out. Okay. <laughs> but to end this this week, we're going. We want to say um, thank you to everybody that listens. That, for yeah, sure. sorry. I'm not thinking everybody, everybody out of here. We want to thank everybody that listens and everybody that uh, has. Left reviews and that have um, liked the podcast, liked our podcast, followed us on Facebook. We're up to like over 250 cool uh, followers on Facebook now. (laughs) Losers? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Who's following us? (laughs) Stop it. Um, And shout out to uh, the Tip Touch podcast on yeah, all right, uh, Instagram. You know, reaching out and uh, showing some love to us. Go check them out. Tip Touch. Yeah. Tip Touch. And uh, also. The Beyond the Bubble. Beyond the Bubble. Uh, for reaching out and uh, things. So check those guys out, especially. Beyond the Bubble and, and the Tip, tip Touch. Touches. Yeah, the Tip Touch podcast. They, uh, they're they good shows. They're funny. You know, they're With a name guys. like Tip Touch, they I better know. be. <laughs> they are, you better not let me down, Tip they, Touch. They are entertaining for sure. And uh, shout out to Downwind Sally, who left us a review on Apple Podcasts. There we go. Uh, she says that just getting into podcasts and conspiracy theories, this, po- this podcast is very educational and had me laughing too. Left me wanting more. Can't wait to hear more. Well, so hopefully thanks. they're not disappointed with wanting more. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't really know where the educational part come in. We're just winging it. We're just winging it. We sound educational. I don't know. This episode, we used a lot of voices, so we did. They, yeah. if, well, we're if, getting more comfortable. If they were said high, those standards have just yeah. abruptly fallen to the ground. Lower your standards, folks. This is as good <laughs> as it gets. Uh, and also, a big thanks to Biscuit Three Thirty Eight, who also gave us a review on Apple Podcast. He says five stars. Says they aight. <laughs> Honestly, these guys do an awesome job. Well spoken. Well informed. Uh, definitely a solid subscription choice. Looking forward to the cryptid episodes personally. Again, well spoken. So yeah, we no ruined that at the beginning and then through the voices. So <laughs> I know everybody's like, these guys are good. And we're like, no. Sorry, tongue tied. English is hard. Words are hard. Anyway, thanks, guys. Oh, yeah. We appreciate it. And we will see you all next week. Bye.